This is my journey. Not a garish quick idea, not meant to be fancy. No big super inheritance, no startup journey, you know, those are not for everyone. But a personal, relatable, everyone can achieve kind of a sharing. And I'll actually leave more information in this book, How to $1 million. I'll be creating a final version of it. I'll leave links and some details along the way in this whole discussion. And today I have 10 key points. The first, when I look back at things, is that I had an attitude of being frugal. This is something I feel it's important to impart to the next generation because as the saying always goes, wealth does not transfer for three generations. If one generation is no longer frugal, things can get squandered. This also relates to the awareness of you know, living below means. Choose simple alternatives, buy the cheap coffee instead of going Starbucks. Choose the cheap airlines. Choose simple food. Use an old phone. Use a simple car. I have this infographics on my Instagram. Would you rather drive the Mercedes-Benz at $280,000 or drive a Honda Civic at $160,000? The impact on your financial freedom journey is astounding. And speaking to here, being frugal doesn't mean you don't buy even a car. Some families need a car. I myself, I'm quite reliant on a car. I need to go places, send my children to classes. But spending monies on the right things. That encapsulates the attitude of being frugal. Number two, starting to work early. Right now, if you ask me, I do encourage all secondary school and tertiary students to go and work part-time in some form or another. But if you ask me back when I was a student myself, I'll actually disagree that that's the case. I used to think, if I earn $6 an hour working at McDonald's, what's the point? Might as well go and enjoy first, correct? Because in future, when I work full-time, I'm definitely going to get a much better rate and time is finite. Why not enjoy now and work only when I get a much better rate? But all that actually changed. My father went down with stroke in my early university days. And it really struck me very hard because I didn't want to retire and then suddenly have a stroke myself because things are genetic. I understand it. I didn't want to retire and then not have the health to enjoy retirement. I wanted to possibly retire early at my choice. That's why from the incident, I viewed money very differently. I went to do part-time myself. Previously, my parents ached me and I refused. I started my financial planning career in Great Eastern. That was again in my university days. So while my university peers were doing partying, were doing poor activities, I was putting extra hours working as a part-time financial advisor. Number three, I had a knack of finding decent income. Back in the days of doing part-time jobs, some of my friends did simple data entry jobs. They didn't want those that you need to be on the streets and stuff, but I was actually doing a part-time job with California Fitness, which is now closed. And back then, they actually paid a very good per hour rate with commissions, simply because they were so popular and they were getting signups left, right, and center, and they were making great monies. So when a company makes good money, they are able to pay well. And all it takes is just for anyone to stand on streets and introduce people to the gym itself. This is all about having the right hustle mindset. We're not talking about billionaire status, whereby you need a business. Right now, if you're watching this and you're already in full-time employment, it's about being good at your craft and finding the right industries to get you a decent pay. You can be a software engineer, you can be a teacher, you can be a civil servant. There are many examples. The contrasting example would be low-income families who are very ingrained in gig economies, whereby typically it doesn't pay well. Number four, I started investing early. Actually, back then, it's not really investing. It's more speculation. I was doing a lot of heavy trading in Singapore stocks. When I see comments these days in the channel that someone is betting big, that markets are going to crash, I kind of see a bit of resemblance of my attitude back then in my university days with this person making a comment. I guess he or she is still pretty young and still feel a sense of overconfidence in market directions. The old adage really works. Compounding takes time. And if you compound monies, you realize the eighth wonder of the world. Which means naturally, if you start investing early, you are ahead of the curve. Even if your first few investments don't turn out well, 
you gain a valuable learning experience versus someone who only started investing in 30s or 40s. So if you're right now a young working adult, that's something I'll strongly suggest for you also. Number five, I had monies all over the place. At least there's not outflows all over the place because there's this saying, it's not how much money you make, but how much money you keep. It's worrying when someone has a lot of subscriptions, gym memberships, entertainment subscriptions, cuts here and there. These are all outflows, minimize them. When I talk about my journey, having monies all over places, I was testing things very regularly. I had multiple trading accounts. Monies were moving here and there. And you know, when you get burned, you learn a bit faster also. On this topic about multiple sources of income, I've actually started my own ice cream business at the age of 26. I poured in the monies I've saved, around 300,000 looking back then. And long story short, that ice cream business actually failed. I bought my first house at the age of 27, which if you ask around, is actually relatively young. Most of my friends weren't even married back then. I'll cover a bit more in this book, How to $1 million. This is a quick snapshot of the contents. I think we're going to cover a lot of very useful topics on money mindsets, CPF, housing, and case studies. So if you'd like to grab an e-copy for yourself, look for links below and all proceeds will form part of my donation to the Jostan bursary. Number six, I believe in budgeting. You know, there's this joke that Americans always have on Asians that Asians are good in math. In Singapore, it's true. Nobody really doesn't know how to do subtraction. Nobody really doesn't know how to do addition. But you realize that many people don't actually have budgets. Having a budget is actually not difficult at all. A spreadsheet, everybody knows how to use it. But the willingness to be accountable in terms of money terms is what people are reluctant to do. That's not taught in schools. I used to keep a much tighter budget on where my money is going. Right now, I mainly track my credit card spending because 80-20 rule. If the credit card spending is not haywire and to the right places, it's very likely I'm well within the budget. Even today in my financial practice, I can guess what are the key topics that a family might need just by looking at how they do budgets. So this is a very important concept. Number seven, I have spare cash on hand at any time. Not just emergency cash, war chest cash. And if you don't know about this emergency cash concept, it's having three, six, or even 12 months of spare cash just in case you need it to tide in periods of unemployment or medical needs. But beyond that, I actually know where I can tap on for war chest cash. And sharing a quick story, I actually bought a car with my family member back then because there was a deal for it and we actually flipped it off for a couple of thousand dollars in profits. And when deals come about, you need to have cash to execute it. Property markets may present you opportunities. And recently I've been talking a bit more on my properties. So as always, if you like content like this that helps you in your own journey, smash a like, smash a subscribe, Stay tuned for more good content because I'll be sharing new releases on what I'll be going to do with my new incoming monies. My financial future was always predictable. Maybe not when I folded my ice cream business when I was losing a lot of money on a month-to-month -month basis because of bad operations. But beyond that period, I do believe that at every juncture, things were under control. There was no reliance of living month-to-month -month, whereby there's fear to pay off the bills incoming next month. And speaking to here, if someone is living month-to-month, that is a very deeply entrenched living in the present moment, which is dangerous. Because if you want to have a good future, you cannot be surviving on a month-to-month -month basis and not making long-term plans. That is why if you ask around for anybody that understands the FIRE journey, financial independence, retirely, they probably also know how predictable their own financial futures are. Some believe in parking monies into CPF, whereby the compounding interest is guaranteed. And speaking about CPF, it is a concept for retirement, which leads to the ninth point. I've always kept an eye on retirement. Being a self-employed, there was always additional pressure to plan for retirement simply because I don't have automatic amounts going into CPF. CPF is indeed a very reliable 
and predictable source to compound your monies. And missing out on CPF meant that I always had to live with more uncertainty. You can also say that I also had more cash because I wasn't mandated to contribute to my own CPF accounts. That means I had more monies in cash to invest in the stocks. That is true, but that also means that if the monies are squandered, that could be a big problem. Thinking about the future and keeping an eye on retirement is thinking about where you want to live in future. What house? What kind of lifestyle will be there in 10 or 20 years time? So as always, if you're looking for retirement planning on a fee base, look for my links below. I do actually take on cases from a professional basis. Point number 10, I take responsibility in my own progress. That is something I wish for you also. And what exactly is progress? Progress in terms of my own net worth? Progress in terms of what steps I need to take in terms of effort? Net worth part is simply because if you don't know where you are, you won't be able to map out where you're going to go. And steps to take ahead regards decision making and effort. Buy a second house, sell the first house. That is something I've done. Need this income? Build this brand. Meet this person. These are effort driven to help in the long term game. Taking responsibility, on the other hand, is also hard. That means when I didn't get housing grants, I didn't actually blame government. That means looking back at my own journey, if I want to build a brand, I had to rely on myself to start a website and to start a YouTube channel. There's no boss that pushed me to do it. It's all self-motivated and being responsible. So in conclusion, these are the 10 points. Firstly, attitude of being frugal. Second, I started working early. Third, I had a knack of finding decent income. Fourth, I started my own investment journey early. Fifth, I had monies all over. Sixth, I believed in budgeting. Seventh, I had spare cash on hand at any time. Eighth, my financial future was always predictable. Nine, I kept an active eye on retirement. That again was also partly driven by what has happened to my own father. Ten, I take personal responsibility in progress. These are my 10 steps. Hopefully it helps you in your own financial journey also. I wish you all the best. And as always, I have this to recommend to you that relates to this topic. Hopefully it can help you further. As always, smash a like if you haven't done so. And thank you for watching till here. I'll see you next one. Goodbye.